Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Flight Plate Podcast. I am a co-host, Josh Wenis, joined, as usual, by touring professional and now a man in the Sin City himself, Jordan Castro. Jordan, how are we doing, man? I am doing well. I am hanging out in Las Vegas for the Las Vegas Challenge. Uh, last few days have been really cold, so I'm just trying to keep warm now. So, oh, Really cold. Okay. Yeah, I'll let that slide. Again, cool for you. All right. Fair enough. Um but hey, like we said, you're in Las Vegas and you're there for a reason. We got the Las Vegas Challenge. Pro Disc Golf on the Pro Tour is back this week, which is super exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 awesome to see everybody nowadays. I mean, running into everybody on the course. I mean, all the courses are just so close together. So you're a couple hundred feet just like, hey, how's it going? Just yelling at and practicing with a lot of the guys that you haven't seen for a while. So it's very exciting for sure. Yeah, in talking about that, just because you mentioned practicing, um, it's been really neat seeing online. I mean, obviously, I, I don't know how it differs from last year because I wasn't super into the pro scene this time last year. Um, but it, it's interesting to see all the social media with pros, at least as of right now, getting out and practicing, seeing people practice with, you know, just other other pros. Like it's, I don't know, it's a weird thing. Like I, I know I saw just earlier, I saw um, – uh, Scott Stokely out there with Brody and Kelvin and I'm just I, just like crazy groups of people which is awesome I love that I think that's so cool um, but just it's so neat and I'm sure that's something that's almost second nature to you I mean that happens probably every tournament but it's, this is the first that I'm seeing it uh, which I think is really neat for the pro side of things yeah absolutely and like realistically we play with these guys all the time and like no matter what team we're on i mean we're still practicing i mean we were on the triple island today and we ran into german sexton and like we're just kind of talking through it about the whole changes and just like oh sexton's leaning on an excalibur versus a firebird because of the, the shot shape it's changed from like a hyzer flip to like a more of a straight shot for him so he's just like yeah i'm at the club up this year i mean the hole's only like 250 275 so like throwing a driver on that shot is is um, a little harder versus that Firebird too, especially if the wind is. So he's like, hopefully we have the same wind tomorrow playing that course because like if he doesn't, then we have to kind of switch it up and just like throw a shot that he really didn't practice on or had to flex it. And especially throwing on that, those greens is a little tougher for sure. So and with that mentioning like changing conditions and stuff like that, obviously, you know, we're recording uh, a day later than we were orig- than we normally do, which is fine. But you'd also mentioned, too, we were going to record earlier today, but you decided to practice because at the time that you knew when your tea time was, which is, you know, that makes total sense to me. But is it how on a scale of, say, one to ten, I mean, how difficult is it to go out there and have your practice rounds and then come into a different situation, different uh, condition situation. Maybe not crazy. Let's not talk Maricopa crazy, but, you know, at least like, wind from a different direction or something like that. Even if it's a slight, you know, 5, 10 mile an hour wind, does that really mess with, are there some people out there that just, no problem, I can do that, you know, I can adjust on the fly, and are there other people that struggle with it? Yeah, absolutely. It's way harder than, I mean, normal, because sometimes we get the headwind, on a shot that usually is a tailwind so like a hole that's like 420 430 playing like 470 450 470 or higher because of the wind so like we're at the club up and i mean today was nice and easy where you have to like 
you could throw any shot, any disc realistically, because there was barely any wind and you can trust that little headwind to flip it up. So it was, it was definitely uh, way stress relieving today than the last few days. Cause like most of the courses here, the first nine to 12 holes are tailwind. Then you get to make that turn and it's pure headwind for the last six, seven, eight holes. So like, you, you're practicing all these tailwind shots and you get to the next shot. It's just like, all right, you're throwing the most overstable disc in your bag on a 300 foot shot and it's going 200 feet. Then you, it's hard to get up and down, especially with the bunkers and the, the hillside. So it's, it's definitely been playing a role. And like just looking on social media, look at all those, those top guys are just the people are here and they're like, all right, win, 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 win. It's just, it's just, yeah, it's mind blowing, but yeah, I think the conditions are going to be very awesome and like slightly like it was today, nice and easy and just a little bit chilly. I mean, 60, 65 and hoodies, uh, joggers and a couple mittens and hats. So it's disc golf season is just very exciting to see uh, everybody competing again. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, Las Vegas starts on Thursday, the day this drops, tomorrow as we record, but uh, a lot of awesome stuff. So this is a four-round tournament. What do you think about that, starting off the Pro Tour with a four-round tournament? Do you think that's a a little, and it, never mind the fact that you're talking three different courses, uh, just four rounds in general, do you think that's a little, little harsh to come right into the season with? A little bit. I mean, there's pros and cons. I think the the four is very needed, especially at the elite level, I think. I mean, especially because there's a cut. If we're playing four rounds and there's no cut, then it's a little bit harder. And, I mean, I think we're at the stage where it should be at least three rounds or four rounds with a cut because there's realistically those last uh, 20% shouldn't be playing just because, like, a, they have to make up 10, 20 strokes to cash, and B, they can take on to the next event too. So there's definitely pros and cons here and there. And it's just like if I'm five, six strokes out of cash, then like I'm not saying I can't do it, but it's a lot harder too. And like the it's it's just just super hard. And like I'd rather give the guys who are playing well that other opportunity, especially with the tee times. It's like if I'm six strokes out and I'm teeing off 8 a.m., 7 a.m., it's just harder because like then the conditions are colder, windier. And like I said, it's just just wasting my time and wasting everybody else's time, you know. Yeah, so you, you cut those players off and it bumps everybody you know, their tea time up a little bit as far as that goes, or I yeah. mean, it gives everybody a little bit uh, easier tea time to work with. And then that, that plays into both the FPO and the MPO for that situation or that matter. So uh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I like the, I like the cut idea. I think we might've mentioned that a little bit last year towards the end, but uh, I'm a big proponent of cuts in tournaments. So um, especially bigger ones. I mean, this is to kick off the year four rounds, like you said, that's, that's definitely a uh, way to go. So you know, live coverage starting on the Disc Golf Network tomorrow, and you can bet your butt that I'll be sitting in front of a, a screen somehow watching that because I'm super, super excited uh, just to have Disc Golf back. But then on top of it, we got the drop as far as what the cards are going to be for this, and uh, this is uh, they could not have set this up any better, I don't think. I mean, I could pick four guys or four gals that I want on a card just to watch, and that's fine, but this is pretty great. Let's just go over it real quick here. Uh, with the Disc Golf Network live coverage, they're going to be covering the, the main feature card. The 1.48 p.m. Pacific time tee is going to feature uh, defending champion Eagle McMahon, all-star winner Calvin Heimberg, uh, 
uh, foreign sensation. I guess I don't know what uh, what Nash, if he's Finnish. I don't know off the top of my head, but Linus Carlson, which is, I mean, he's a young guy and touted in the 1030s for rating and just a really, really exciting prospect. Uh, and then the guy that signed the big contract over the offseason, Ricky Wysocki. So four huge names to kick off uh, on DGN. But then we're not done because we've got coverage coming from our usual media suspects for post-produced. And this is where it gets even even better. Joe Pro next day coverage, is covering the guy who went off last year uh, at this tournament. Didn't quit, quite win, but went off in Ezra Aderhold. I mean, that's going to be exciting. Who he also just dropped his in the bag video, everybody. If you haven't catch, caught that, make sure you go check it out. Uh, also on that card is Nate Sexton, uh, defending world champion James Conrad, and another foreign sensation, Jackie Chen. Like, that's just, that that's awesome. That's got to be so much pressure on, like, Linus and Jackie and, you know, a few other people that we're going to talk about a little bit to, you know, this is their this is their their moment as far as that goes coming over to the states and wow to be thrown right onto coverage um let's just I, i'm going to jump the other two quick or the other other coverage here quick gatekeeper media is covering the i guess it's technically the third card um uh, that's going to be on coverage and they're covering garrett gurthy who had the awesome um albatross the par four albatross a couple years back uh, albert tom which is exciting to see the bazooka back here in the States. Uh, new plastic uh, thrower, Chris Dickerson. Get to see how he is adapting to that disc craft. And then uh, another foreign sensation, Seppo Paiu, making his return back to the States, which I know a lot of people are super excited about that as well. So MPO has some stacked cards here. And you're on a pretty sweet card yourself. We talked about it a little bit. I was pretty excited because on your card you have the witness himself, Big Germ, um, so that's got to that's got to kind of you know make you think ace run a little bit more, right? Yeah, absolutely. And Steph, you were playing <laughs> a little bit of the shorter course too, so there's a lot of opportunities out there. And I've talked to him a few times. I saw him, seen him at the course or whatever. He's like, dude, I can't wait tomorrow. I was like, yeah, it's gonna be fun. And like what you mentioned is like a lot of those cards are the Europeans, honestly, and they haven't been in the the states for a year, two years. So like it's kind of like a return and just a big, big big party almost you know because like they haven't played and like they haven't showed their skills and like it's it's awesome we'll get to see all those guys on the feature card and um i think the feature cards or they're gonna be three live cards or whatever i noticed that on instagram where it says like live on disc golf network on the top left corner or whatever so like to have that three card um scenario is gonna be awesome but like obviously they have post-produced and luckily enough i have a early tea time me and uh, andrew presno so kind of staying together and kind of hanging out so we'll come back after our rounds and we'll be ready to go by the time the live cards go off so we're trying to sit back and chill and relax so it's gonna be exciting to watch yeah definitely and just a quick clarifier there on the live stuff uh mpo has two live cards on dgn and the fpo has three so oh really okay he's three, giving me three the three bucks. i'm just looking yeah. at the the tweet here and the only only the yeah. Yeah, okay, Twitter. The, they they messed it up on Twitter. It's okay. It's, yeah, that's three three. All three are live. Is, okay. All so right. like this is yeah, this is the first time I think they've done it in a long time. So that's very exciting for the sport. I think in general, yeah. I'm like I think that's what they they were they tried to do at the All Star event. Is like you know how like one card's on a backup, they can switch into another one. So I think with the the growth of the game, I think they invested in a little bit more cameras too. So I think that's going to be yeah. very exciting to watch too because I think they had a few cameras and now they have more so they can be able to do that too 
Yeah, I know um, uh, JVD on Smashbox is talking about that, just the the way that they've upped their, the, what they're going to do for production. So that's super cool. So, you know, we mentioned it here. Let's let's talk the FPO because these cards are are pretty sweet in and of themselves. Um, so the, the feature card on DGN, the main card that they're going to be covering is, holy cow, you want to talk about exposure. We have Paige Pierce, who, yeah, okay, all right, well, you know Paige Pierce. And then rounding out that card, uh, Evelina Salonen, Hannah Blumrus, and Kristen Tatar. So Paige and the three European ladies that have every, everybody's been said will give Paige a run for her money, which is just just awesome. Like that is a card. When I saw that announced, man, that blew me away. That's super cool. Um, and then the secondary card that they have covered here and then is also going to be for uh, post-produced by GK Pro. Uh, we have Katrina Allen, Jessica Weiss, Missy Gannon and Kona Panis. So obviously some names we've talked about there with the All-Star event, but uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, Kona and Katrina, how they're adjusting to their new plastic in a true singles you know, situation here, full-on tournament. So a lot of fun there. And then the uh, the final live card that they have, you might have to help me with some names here because I'm not 100% sure on one of them, but we have uh, Sarah Hokum, Jennifer Allen, Ella Hansen, and uh, is that uh, the European Lori Lorenzen? Am I getting that right? Lique. Or, Lique, sorry. I'm Lique. mixing up names. Lique, Lique or Lorenzen. Is that is that the player that had that crazy long throw in last year? No, that's a, no? a different one. I think I think that was Katie. I think uh, Lique, right. is, Lique is on uh, Team Prodigy, and she's the oh. Norwegian. Uh, oh, Okay, World, well, Norwegian um, champion or whatever. So, but yeah, I mean, all these cards are just so solid. And um, like I said, in a few minutes ago, it's just like it's going to be super exciting to watch all these Europeans uh, play again. And I mean, the, the women's field now. I mean, the growth is phenomenal. It's growing, and like, it's going to be exciting to see. Like, I'm not saying like the women's field hasn't been strong because it, it is, but I think it's just gotten stronger with all these Europeans, and like they're going to be here for a while. Like. Tatar is going to be here for quite some time, and it's 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 going to be awesome. It's going to be it's very close to the MPO right now, which is exciting. Yeah, it, it's really great, and it's going to be a learning experience for all of us, not just myself here, who's butchering names and and getting players wrong and everything like that. that that's the nice thing about it is it's going to be a true education for all of us that maybe aren't super familiar with the European scene at this point. Um, but you know, we're going to get familiar pretty darn quick. So. Definitely very, very exciting to watch. Um, it's going to be great to see live disc golf again. And um, so Las Vegas challenge. You know, obviously we've got Eagle McMahon defending. He's coming off of that shoulder injury, though. It doesn't sound like he's going to be throwing any forehands. So we're going to see probably that lefty backhand if he needs it. Um, but let's talk a little bit about the the courses themselves and where where you line up on the courses as far as do you have, you know, just out there practicing, do you have a, like a few discs that you're already knowing are going to be the ones that you're leaning on? Yeah, it's going to be like the Panic, the Nitro, and the um, the Thrill, to be honest. I mean, nice and easy fairway shots and just kind of just getting up and down. I mean, a lot of them. And like I told a few people, like as I'm practicing, is like a lot of these holes aren't too difficult. It's just like, all right, throw into the fairway, then get up and down. Basically, because mm-hmm. a lot of people are trying to like throw a distance driver 600 feet when you don't need to. Like you can literally club down, throw it 350, 400 feet, then th- have that that approach or whatever too. Is like the hole's not requiring you a lot. It's just like all right, make the make the first gap, then kind of 
see where you land and get up and down. So, yeah, I mean, just, I feel, I feel good about it. And I mean, as we've talked about in the uh, future or the, the past um, podcast is just the putt. I mean, right now it's a little chilly, so I'm leaning on a little bit of a softer uh, Adam right now is what I'm putting with. So just to get that grip too. And I uh, just got to put my drives within the circle. And I think then I'll be, be nice, smooth sailing for this week. Awesome. Awesome. So definitely exciting. Make sure if you're not able to watch live that you're able to check UDISC uh, for their UDISC live scoring because that's going to be active and everything. Uh, awesome. You can you can pick players specifically that you want to show up at the top of your UDISC, which is a lot of fun. I definitely utilized that a lot last year. So uh, make sure you're doing that. And if you're not able to do that, but you can get on social media and you're interested in what my fellow co-host here is doing, I'm going to be doing my best to update, say, you know, front nine, back nine kind of stuff, just like I have in the past. So uh, see how Jordan's playing and progressing through. So going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I know everybody's excited. We've kind of beat this to death. Every podcast is talking about how excited they are. So um, we'll just get right to it. And, you know, let's let's talk about a couple other things here. Uh, we had a little miniature flight plate fantasy league draft on Skip Ace. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I mean, we have uh, – it's myself, Jordan, obviously. We also have um, Brixton from uh, Twitter who does the it, – it big into the disc golf cards. Uh, we also have uh, North Par Apparel jumped on late. They were uh, a late addition. Ian from there. Uh, Kevin from Yardbirds Disc Golf. Uh, we also have Chain Shark Disc Golf on there. And who am I missing? I feel like I'm missing somebody. Shame Brixton. on me. I got Brixton. PDGA got Stats. PDGA Stats. There we go. Shame on me. Somebody who contributes so much to this show. Uh, PDGA Stats also involved. So... Uh, a really, really cool group of people here, and uh, very, very exciting after we got this uh, this draft done. And let's talk a little bit about uh, our picks. So it ended up being that I had the fourth overall pick, and Jordan, you were right behind me, weren't you, at five? Yep, number five. Yeah, there we go. So in that uh, that snake draft, you know, it went, the top, top couple kind of went as I expected. We saw Ricky come off the board first, and then we saw Paul, which... Um, I don't want to say surprise me. It, it it kind of did in a sense, uh, just with his schedule and everything like that. But then after after Paul, it left Kevin from Yardbirds in a really tricky spot. And I say that because Eagles his favorite player, like that's his guy. And uh, him and I had talked about that quite a bit beforehand. And uh, he ended up going ahead and taking Eagle. And then uh, that left me looking at the guy that I've touted as going to be having a good year to begin with and Calvin Heimberg sitting right there. So I snatched up Calvin Heimberg. Uh, who did you have with your first overall pick? Uh, Chris Dickerson. Chris Dickerson. Can't complain about that at all. Right. So, and then as it snaked on through, we saw more picks here. I'm just going to go through the rest of my team here real quick, and then we can, we can dissect your team there. Um, and with my second pick, I had, uh, I took Matty O, Matt Oram, uh, real quick, you know, update on him in case you haven't heard. Uh, emergency appendicitis or appendix, appendix removal due to appendicitis uh, actually in Vegas, so which is just absolutely crazy. But I did see the other day he posted a, a video. He was on his way home or going to be flying home and um, uh, recovering from there and seeing what kind of a recovery it was going to take. So uh, our best wishes and thoughts and everything else and prayers out to Matty O for a, a healthy recovery, a quick recovery. 
he that that came out like literally uh, after I, I didn't even know about it after we drafted. To be honest, I saw somebody after I posted the my picks. Somebody commented and was like, "Oh, sorry to hear about Maddie's surgery. I hope he recovers quick for you." And I was still in trash talk mode. I thought the guy was messing with me. So I just laughed it off. I was like, nice try. Ha, ha, ha. And then I woke up the next morning to seeing that he had literally had emergency appendix surgery. So, um, But, yeah, so Matteo, and then I took uh, Mason Ford, Paul Uliberry, Cole Ridolin, Colton Montgomery, Chandler Fry, and Terry Roethlisberger. So we have eight players. Uh, six are the starters, two on the bench. Uh, really, really happy with my picks there. Um, I feel like I got a lot of the... The guys that are going to, in the long run, especially as we hit like the Midwest over to the East Coast, are going to really be right up there with a lot of smooth throwers, maybe not huge distance guys, but uh, that's where I ended up. Jordan, let's run down your team here. What'd you get? Yeah, so obviously first pick, I went with Chris Dickerson. So very, I was, like I said, I was number five, so I was kind of in the middle where it's just like it's hard to pick and choose doing that snake draft. So I was just pretty much taking what I could what I could get, honestly. So I went with Chris Dickerson, number one, uh, Kale LaVisca, uh, Bradley Williams, who's going to be touring constantly. Uh, took out my lefty friend. Uh, it was a battle between Presnell and uh, Chris Clemens, and someone took Presnell a couple picks before me, so I got Chris Clemens. Uh, Andrew Marweed, uh, Casey White, Alex Russell, and Aaron Gossage in the late late round uh, sleeper picks. So I think Alex and Aaron are going to be those two sleeper ones. I know like Aaron pretty pretty did pretty well at the end of the year or like middle of the year, like during that OTBs. And that's where he kind of re- recognized. And I mean, the guy goes so hard. And like what we talked about recently is, I mean, the guy played 15 rounds before the Shelly hit. So like, he's always out there playing and practicing. And so my, I mean, my teams are A, Bs and Cs. Like if you look at the name, so I was really happy about it. And like I said, I just kind of took what I could take and uh, I have a, I'm, I'm satisfied with it. I mean, from this uh, draft in the last draft, I got one person the same. So I got a whole bunch of gamers out there. And like these guys are there. I have, I think I have three top guys and the rest are going to be that, that middle tier that are, can have a great weekend. Like I feel like this week. So I'm very excited about it. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be fun to see how it plays out. Like I said, this is a good group of guys that we have. We don't have any like group communication or anything like that we i i saw i had somebody message me from the group that said that they have a discord server that they offered up for us to use and uh, we might take them up on that i'm not huge into discord but um it's going to be a lot of fun to see how it plays out we i had another guy ask what's on the line so you know jordan we might need to talk about that what we're going to be putting up here as far as (laughs) prize for for winners and whatnot, but um, we haven't thought about any of that. It was just more of a fun thing, and we had to get the draft in quick before the turn or before the year started. So, super excited about that. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm also doing a couple of just like the uh, the weekly pick things and kind of going through that every week just to try it out. I didn't use it at all last year, so outside of like your you know the grip six pick six that you can do through U disc, I, I did that of course every week, but. Um, Lots of fun. It's going to be great. I'm excited for Fantasy Disc Golf. This is going to be a lot of fun for sure. I know now the lines are out for betting. If you're a betting person on the daily daily fantasy, as far as that goes, if you're a prize picks kind of person, that's all out there. You can check out the Hitting the Lines podcast. Um, those two guys are Jad and, and Nasir. They're so great at that stuff. They know all the ins and outs on that. I couldn't speak to any of it. But check it out if that's your thing for sure. So a little bit more news to talk about here. We had uh, a release the other day that Latitude 64 is now the co-owner of Castaplast. Um, 
going to be Castaplast is still going to be you know con- making every or um, designing everything and over control of that. Uh, but Lat sixty four is going to help them out with production and all that good stuff. So really, really exciting stuff. I know a lot of the Castaplast guys that I know that or that swear by Castaplast or any of their discs at all. We're really excited because it's been just like you'd expect, kind of a shortage of discs out there. So pretty cool. And I know a lot of people are talking about, you know, is this going to open up trilogy players to throw Castaplast? Can Castaplast the players throw trilogy? And there's even some conflicting reports from what I saw um, from uh, trilogy whether it be DD or Trilogy people and Castaplast people. So I'm not really sure on the exact ins and outs on that, but overall I think this is a good move for Castaplast, you know, get some more discs out there, right? Yeah, so I think it. I think it's going to be like very similar to what Latitude's doing for the Dismania uh, lineup is uh, we're going to have the – or they're going to have the uh, Dismania kind of lineup made like that. So I think – they're going to branch out obviously and make their own like line of discs using latitude as the manufacturer. But I think, I mean, what I've been hearing, it's like, I don't think either company latitude trilogy isn't going to be able to throw cast supplies or cash supplies. Isn't going to be do that. Um, I think there's just a whole bunch of issues going on with that. And I mean, it's the same thing with this what they're doing is just like this players can't throw uh latitude 64 fuse. They can't do that. They have their own, own disc to do that. So I think it's going to be the same concept as that. Unless I, I mean, we don't know for sure. I haven't heard it from anybody, but I mean, that's what my I think my gut's telling me, to be honest. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how it, it pans out and everything like that. I guess you know, if anybody, we should maybe you could reach out to Luke Sampson. He might know. Um, that's the that's the one guy that I know of off the top of my head that's Castaplast for sure. So, um, but cool. I, I'm happy for for Castaplast and for Lat sixty four. That's a a good little. I don't want to say an acquisition. It's kind of an acquisition, but. Um, a good way to get more of their plastic out there and that kind of thing, and good for Castaplast. Hopefully that means we can get some more, you know, bergs flying around and all that good stuff. So uh, next up we had the annual U-Disc growth report come out, which uh, I was blown away by this just because I hadn't, I don't remember seeing it last year, uh, but just to see the data that they compile and all of that good stuff is Really, really awesome. If you haven't had a chance to look at it, go to the UDISC website. It's there. You can find it right from uh, from the UDISC app even. And it's got such great information talking about, I mean, you can take a map of the world and zoom it around and zoom in on your local course and find out how many rounds were, you know, um, actually tracked on UDISC there. I, You know, just to check on my own, I checked my home course, which is Luther College in Decorah, Iowa, and it was really neat. I had 40-some rounds cashed there last year, and uh, there was less, little less than 300 total rounds, um, which doesn't mean that it's not used a lot. I think there's an awful lot of casual players from the college itself that use it, and so they don't necessarily uh, track their rounds on UDISC. But really, really neat stuff, really, really cool. It also put into perspective that I am literally in the middle of a desert of you know, less than two, 300 rounds played at this course within like two and a half hours of me. Like, it's just, it's crazy how much of a desert it is out here. But I saw a lot of people using this and I, I saw another person like myself who's going to use some of this data to approach the the people that run their local courses and use it as a way of trying to encourage improvements and growth on the local course. And I think that's a great idea, but shout out to everybody over at UDISC for all of this, because that's really neat to see. 17 million rounds, I think they said, were were uh, put into the app last year, which is just bananas. 
Yeah, it's mind blowing. Just like reading about it and le- learning all about it, it's just like I had no idea. It, it was just like, like we said, you learn something new every day, and like that's what I learned that day. Yeah, and learned an awful lot just from that report. That's for sure. Um, so really exciting stuff. I encourage you to go look at it. Uh, if we didn't have so much on the docket already to talk about, we'd probably dive into it a little bit deeper. But um, it's just it's worth a read. And uh, if you're the kind of person who has experience in growing a park or helping a park or track grow, hit me up because I may have some questions. That's for sure. So let's move on here to another fun little news nugget that was announced, and that was Disc Golf Pro Tour announced how their points are going to work and also the addition of a match play tournament uh, as well as like these points and how they're going to accumulate and everything like that. And that was something that I think honestly was actually mentioned that they were going to have in like November and then it was January and then it was February 1st and here we are the week of the ter- first tournament and we're getting it. But hey, we've got it. That's the important thing. So, as usual, Elite Series events are good for, you know, winner, 100 points. Um, Silver Series are a quarter of that for winners or for your point accumulation, so 25% of that. Then the Majors are 1.5, so 150 points for the winner of each Major. That includes all, all four of them. That includes the European Open, the new Champions Cup, USDGC, and, of course, Worlds. And then also the two playoff tournaments which are uh, GMC and MVP Open, are going to be worth 125% or 125 points for the winner. So, And then, of course, the points break down from there, points accumulation, so on and so forth. Uh, but then after the OTB Open, they're going to have a cutoff, and then the top, I think they said 16, MPO and FPO, are going to compete in a match play event in Colorado at almost 8,000 feet of elevation at a mountain course, which is just awesome sounding i can't wait to see the coverage on that but a lot of good stuff there a lot of the similar stuff but having four majors now in the mpo side and uh in the fpo side because it's going to be the or yeah with four of them over on the fpo side too so there's a lot of points on the board there uh going to be really interesting to see how all this uh kind of pans out and it really creates some interesting aspects and then also the 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 dgpt finale or championship They'll have the top 30. This is where it gets a little complex. The top 30 players are automatically going to get entered into that tournament at the end of the championship. But then the 31st and 32nd, and potentially up to four more players from both MPO and FPO, are going to be put into a little play-in tournament where if you if you won an Elite Series event but did not be in the top 30 for your point total then you would get into that little play-in tournament, and then the top two from that play-in tournament go into the championship. If that made any sense, I hope it really did. Um, But it's just a a lot of little funny things being added here. And, you know, I've heard a lot of people complain about some of this stuff already, even though it's just been out a few days. But in my opinion, I mean, this is the tour is growing. This is the first year where they've had total control over the tour. And so it's going to be a lot of... You know, finessing little details, just like we saw at the All-Star event. You know, they're they're tweaking things and playing with them and seeing how they're going to work. But it's nice to have this on the board so we know what's going on now. Yeah, absolutely. And, like, we just learned about it, same thing, within the few days. So very exciting. And it's just basically showing that all this is super important. And 
the playing the big elite series tournaments are going to be so important and crucial. So if you miss one, missed a couple, then basically you have to work your butt off to to show up to the next ones. But yeah, I love all the changes. And I mean, I'm glad that we know about it now within like the event starting too, because like if there's a few ver- few events go by and like we still don't know, then it's kind of like, all right, now we got a, a tournament that I'm going to skip. Now I have to play it type thing, you know? So, but yeah, I, I love it. I'm a huge fan of it. Yeah, definitely. So, uh, good stuff there from the Pro Tour, and the Pro Tour was busy, and they also announced a media agreement that they have for two years with Jomez to cover their feature cards and main cards, lead cards, if you will, which is awesome. Uh, that is total growth. But then they also had um, they had agreements announced with uh, the other media groups that they work with. And um, let me pull up the actual information here. And we can take a look at it. But two years of commitment here to cover, you know, the the lead card for Jomez, which I think is almost, it's got to be almost a no-brainer. You know, we love those other guys. We love guys like Gatekeeper and GK Pro and even Central Coast and all of these other groups that are covering live disc golf or post-produced disc golf for us. But we got to admit that Jomez really is kind of the top of the line here and, and has been been really killing it. So two-year deal for 2022 and 2023 to cover the the feature card and then also deals with the aforementioned Gatekeeper Media and GK Pro. GK Pro is going to be covering the women's lead card for those two or for 2022 for sure. Um, and then Gatekeeper doesn't necessarily say what they're going to be covering, but they are covering for two years, 2022 and 2023. And then also they're going to do uh, work. GK Pro and Central Coast are going to help cover post-produced coverage for the DGPT Silver Series, which is awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan of that. It's nice to get some coverage of these smaller tournaments, or I shouldn't say smaller tournaments because they're still big, but not necessarily elite level tournaments. But we get to see some elite level players there, and also some you know lesser lesser known players too. I mean, I just think about the uh, Clash of the Canyons last year, or Clash of the Canyons is that right? The one in Illinois uh, with Dan Schlitter winning. I mean, there's a name that we wouldn't have wouldn't have known if you hadn't been able to see it. So good stuff there, right? Yeah, absolutely. And like, yeah, I agree with all that. And especially like that local, local love, Dan being there local and just shredding. So like, that's super exciting and uh, gives a lot more opportunities to those lower local pros or whatever too. And I mean, there's a lot of top guys that aren't going to play all those events too. So the field's going to be a little bit, I, I mean, it's still stacked, but it's not going to be, say, like, Eagle's not going to be there, Paul's not going to be there, Ricky's not going to be there type thing. So, I mean, it's going to be super awesome to see. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and but and the thing is that some of those those big guys, big names are going to be there. I mean, I'm sure Ricky's going to make some of them because he, he tends to every single year. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's really cool, and it's an opportunity to see – some of the, like you mentioned, some of the the lesser rated players um, or local players that are, you know, don't get a chance to shine in those national spotlights quite yet. And uh, good way to catch some up and comers, that's for sure. Right. Uh, also, just a quick announcement, and this is more for me and everybody like me. Uh, Disc Golf Pro Tour announced that the 2022 DGPT trading cards are available now for purchase on their website. Very, very cool. I'm a card nut. Um, very, very neat. Um yeah, so that that's really cool. I just saw that. I had to pass that along uh, for sure. So let's see. We've covered Las Vegas. We've covered all the news that we had here. Um, 
I just want to talk about, so you're playing a tournament this weekend, which is super exciting. I'm playing a tournament this weekend, which for me is super exciting. I'm not going to have as nice weather as you. Um, it is the Titan Tundra Open here in, it's going to be in Hiawatha, which is uh, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, a little bit south of me. So looks like the weather forecast is going to be mid-30s, sunny, uh, maybe some wind as far as like 5 to 10 to 15 miles an hour. So uh, there's snow on the ground yet, so that'll be fun. Uh, I just, nice little C-tier, I'm excited for it. Um, of course I've played before, so it's not like it's going in blind or anything, but I'll make sure to talk about that next week. That's for sure. So won't be able to catch much of the, uh, the finale on Sunday. I don't think, uh, at least not early on and be playing. It's a flex start, which is nice. So I'll be able to catch some of it, but that's exciting for me. That's for sure. Let's see. Secret stat of the week. Let's jump there. Huh? Secret stat of the week brought to you by PDGA stats on Twitter. Uh, every week, these guys provide us, or this guy, I should say, provides us some really awesome stats to talk about a little bit and kind of blow our minds and blow your minds with as well. Uh, and he definitely delivered. Also, make sure you check out his Substack, which is kind of a subscription uh, email that he sends out once a week. This week was all about the Las Vegas Challenge and all of the fun stats that are incorporated with that. So definitely check that out. But here's the stat of the week from PDGA Stats. Double uh, G, Garrett Gerthy has averaged a 10.58 rating at the Las Vegas Challenge the last two years. 10.58 rating. Since 2019, his two highest rated events, so in the past now three years, or two years total, uh, his high, two highest rated events were both of the 2020 and 2021 LVC. So, Gerthy, you know, obviously it's... One of those things, it's a golf course. Does that play a big part in it? I mean, he's got a chance to throw big open shots. Obviously, throwing an albatross on a par four doesn't hurt your your rating at all. Um, but uh, very cool. I've seen a lot of people picking him, you know, in their, like, uh, not in the year draft, but in the weekly draft, their survivor picks to pick him. So going to be interesting to see. Do you think I'm, I'm – you got a prediction on Gerthy? You think he's going to ball out again this year? Oh, he always balls out. Yeah, he's going he's gonna to go hard. And especially he throws that perfect – overstable driver where you can go over the top of it and just get that counter spin in. So yeah, I think he's, I think he's going to be up there for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And Garrett, if you're listening, which I know you're not, but Hey, sponsor us, give us some beef jerky. Let's, let's go. Let's go. So yeah. Uh, good stuff. I mean, like, can you give us a few more thoughts on, on Vegas here? You're on the eve of playing. I mean, literally start tomorrow. I mean, what, what are you thinking going in here? Where, where's your mindset? Like the day before a tournament like this? It's kind of like Christmas almost. It's just like, all right, uh, we're here. We're finally here. We get to see everybody and we get to play. Um, I mean, it's, right now it's just like it's going to hit me more like and once I like go to sleep and kind of wake up, to be honest, just because like, all right, now I get to go play because we're here. I mean, we waited all this time. I mean, we waited three, four months until this came. I mean, besides me, but like I've been playing constantly off season and playing tournaments and like my season started already. So I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready, like just ready to go out there and throw and just uh, dial it in. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's that's going to be a lot of fun. I, I'm excited for it. I'm already geeking out over it and, and for the coverage, that's for sure. Be logged into Disc Golf Network plenty early tomorrow to be able to watch it. Um, try and go to the gym early so I can make sure that I catch as much of it as I can. So, very very exciting stuff. But you know, Las Vegas is far from you know it, it's it's coming, but it, that doesn't mean that we're taking a break after that. You've got a heck of a busy schedule here in the next few weeks. You've got not only Las Vegas this week, but 
then uh, let's be honest your backyard here we've got the memorial march 3rd starting march 3rd and then uh after that you take a you take a little jaunt to the east there and go over to waco um you excited for those two tournaments i know we're looking a little far ahead but yeah yeah waco's fun memorial's fun too so uh the courses are fine i mean i played them enough so i feel excited about it uh memorial i mean i played a lot of leagues and a lot of cash rounds and a few tournaments there so i feel good about it and i mean from Shelly, I mean, I, the only thing I, I clean up is my putts. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me is a few putts here and there. And like I ever, I clean up two, three putts around, then that pushes me up to the top too. But I mean, we've seen what happens out there too is one round, someone could shoot a, a 10 to 14 under, so they could be down by six and they ended up winning. So um, it's, it's going to be awesome. And you get uh, Paul's going to be out there playing, and it's going to be awesome to see all that. And a lot of the hometown crew is going to be out there supporting. So then Waco, I mean, I'm flying out there a couple of days before the tournament just to eliminate the um, the mileage on the car. And it's just like I still have practice time, have plenty of time to do it. And, I mean, that's a course where I can do the same thing is just chip away at some of the fairway shots and just kind of club down a little bit, put myself in a good position and kind of get up and down. So I'm excited for both of those events and like all the events, they were run well. And like, I feel, I feel confident and my confidence is a uh, all time high right now. That's awesome. And uh, you know, the Memorial being up next, that's definitely not, even though it's not on the tour not even a silver series, just an A tier this year, uh, no shortage of, Big name's going to be there. You mentioned Paul's going to be there. Uh, Adam Hammes, Kyle Klein, Caleb Visca, Drew Gibson, just to name the top few there that are listed on, on PDGA's website. So very, very cool. Very excited for that as well. But um, let's uh, let's stay with Las Vegas here. So you're in Vegas, and you've got you, – you guys – MVP has their own little Airbnb there, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we're actually doing a little uh, get-together in a few hours. So everybody's going to be over here. Ooh. Yeah, it's going to be exciting. Nice, exciting stuff. That's very, very cool. Now, the question then for MVP fans, did Steve have like a crate of bananas delivered for you guys? <laughs> no, but nah. we went shopping. We, we, there's like, what, six of us here, seven of us, and we each got bananas. So there's bananas all over the place. <laughs> Steve's think, rubbing off on yeah, everybody. I love it. I, I'm a huge banana guy before I met Steve in general, too. I, I mean, I've had a banana almost every day since I, I mean, elementary, middle school. So I actually had two today. <laughs> I had one after my round, then one with my uh, protein oats, overnight oats. Nice, nice. There you go. So awesome stuff. Well, it sounds like it's going to be a, a fun tournament, a fun weekend there for sure. Um, anything that I missed that you wanted to talk about here today, Jordan? Yeah, let's talk about my logo. Oh, shoot. Yep. You're good. I uh, dropped my logo yesterday, so um, it is my initials mixed in with the uh, astronaut helmet. So uh, go onto my social media or even the Flight Plate social media too, and you can check it out. So uh, a lot of exciting things coming. I mean, uh, I showed Josh, but we finalized the stamp, and the stamp's coming soon. And I'm guessing we're going to release it in a week or two um, once we get that order in. So uh, a lot of a lot of products coming, and a lot of partnerships have been very awesome and a lot lot more to come so everything's all ordered and taken care of it's just when time will once the time comes i'll post them about so once i have it and i know josh is super excited and i think um once we get it all we're we'll hook people up and promote it so this year i told myself i'm just gonna go out and i think we're gonna do it we're gonna hit a home run this year i think 
Yeah, I think we've both kind of been in the same ballpark here for this year, looking at 2022 as being the year of just, just doubling down on ourselves and taking putting it all on the line. This is exactly what it is, and I love it. Um, yeah, your new logo, I absolutely love that. Super, super cool. Um, and the stamp logo, I'm, we're teasing people about it, but, man, it looks great. I, I'm excited for that. I've been waiting and waiting to see what we can get for molds in there. So uh, we'll be the place to get those, or, you know, there may be one physical location that might have a little bit uh, of uh, supply of some of our discs when they do come out. But we'll, we'll talk more about that as it comes out. But, yeah, uh, make sure you get on social media and check out Jordan's stamp if you haven't already because it is it is fire. It's absolutely great. Um, and same person that designed the stamp, right? Yeah, yeah, both. Okay. Yeah, one guy did both of them. So my um, nice. buddy Justin, he killed it. I told him with a few ideas. Then within 25, 30 minutes, it came out. And I was like, this guy killed it. So uh, yeah, super excited about everything. And it, it was awesome just to see the comments and the feedback on it. And like Jerry Gomez of uh, Joe Mez is like, it's more than logo. It's more than your initials. It's the logo and kind of brand. So like to see him post that was kind of amazing and just, I mean, he got like 15 likes on it. So like, that was just awesome to hear from him. Yeah, that was, that was really, really uh, the takeaway that I had from it. Like I mentioned from the get go with you is it's, it's just really neat to see more than just the logos out there, just the initials out there. Uh, I, I have no qualm with people just using the initials. That's fine. Uh, but stand out a little bit. And I think that's exactly what you were looking for there. So, uh, and my wife, who is not a disc golfer in any way, shape or form loved it. So it's, that's definitely a, a good thing there. So a lot of good things coming from us and coming from Jordan here for sure in the near future. Be sure to watch all of our social medias for that. And uh, don't forget to chime in and give our sponsors some loves. All the people from Change Arc Disc Golf, Yardbirds Disc Golf, um, all the way to Parframe Disc Golf Racks. Excuse me. We also have um, Sam Sauce. Can't forget Sam. And then also Adam Vosberg, shout out to Adam for sponsoring us. And then also Disc Golf 978, shout out to them. Uh, and then also my the, the sponsor that's kind of testing us out here, Caged uh, Supplement Company. So definitely check them out as well. That information is all going to be in the show notes, or you can hit me up if you need anything, um, and I can point you in the right direction for sure. So Jordan, best of luck this weekend, man. Uh, going to be excited to see you get out there on Shred and see what the weekend holds. And uh, uh, everybody keep an eye out for the tournament and see how it goes. So until then, we'll talk to you guys next week and see how the tournament went for Jordan. But until then, guys, we'll talk to you later.